Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Versatility Podcast. For today's episode, I'm here to recap all of week 14. Action happened yesterday and in between uh, Thursday and Sunday. Uh, we're also going to be going over NBA scores, uh, the concert, the Yay and Drake concert, the Free Larry Hoover concert that happened on Thursday, a couple other things to talk about. New music came out. I did hear quite a lot of albums and EPs this uh, this weekend, so I'll get to talk to them in a minute. So let's go over the NBA scores as we always typically start off uh, the episode. So let's go all the way back from Wednesday. We had the Wizards defeating the Pistons 119-116. We had the Sixers defeating the Hornets 110-106. The Pacers defeating the Knicks 122-102. The Cavaliers defeating the Bulls 115-92. The Heat defeating the Bucks 113 to 104. The Thunder defeating the Raptors 110 to 109. The Jazz defeating the Timberwolves 136 to 104. The Mavericks defeating the Grizzlies 104-96. Wait, oh wait, I, I already recapped this. Never mind. I, I remember now. Shit. Okay, now let's go on Thursday. Because I already recapped the games on Wednesday. My bad. So Thursday, the Jazz defeated the Sixers 118-96. The Grizzlies defeat the Lakers 108 to 95, and the Spurs defeat the Nuggets 123 to 111. And so Friday we had the Hornets defeating the Kings 124-123, the Pacers defeating the Mavericks 106 to 93, the Raptors defeating the Knicks 90 to 87, the Nets defeating the Hawks 113 to 105, the Pelicans defeating the Pistons 109-93, the Cavaliers defeating the Timberwolves 123 to 106. The Lakers defeating the Thunder 116-95. The Bucks defeating the Rockets 123-114. And the Suns defeating the Celtics 111-90. And so Saturday, the Mavericks, they uh they they don't even play. What am I talking about? The Grizzlies, they beat the Rockets 113-106. The Heat defeat the Bulls 118-92. The Cavaliers defeat the Kings 117-103. The Jazz defeat the Wizards 123-98. The Clippers defeat the Magic 104-106. The Sixers defeat the 21-4, now 21-5. Golden State Warriors 102-93. Steph Curry, I believe, is still eight three-pointers away from breaking Ray Allen's all-time record. And the Nuggets defeat the Spurs once again, 127-112. And then yesterday we had six games. We had the Bucks defeating the Knicks 112 297, the Nets defeating the Pistons 116 to 104. KD had 51 points. He went off last night against Detroit. Uh, the Mavericks defeating the Thunder 103 to 84. The Spurs defeating the Pelicans 112 to 97. The Timberwolves defeating the Blazers 116 111. And then the Lakers defeating the Magic 106 94. Then today we have nine games. We have the Heat and the Cavs, the Raptors. Kings, the Rockets, Hawks, then we have the Bucks, Celtics, the Warriors, Pacers, Hornets, Mavericks, Wizards, Nuggets, Grizzlies, and Sixers, and then the Suns versus the Clippers. And then tomorrow we have the Warriors versus the Knicks. That should be an exciting game. And then, well, I mean, I don't know. The Knicks hasn't haven't been they haven't been that great this year. The Raptors take on the Nets, and then the Suns take on the Blazers. So uh, on Wednesday I'll go over the standings. I'm not gonna go over the standings right now, but uh, I'll do. I'll talk about that on Wednesday. And uh, well, that's that's that for the NBA scores. Now let's transition to Saturday, which was the MLS Cup final. It was the MLS Cup championship between Portland versus New York. I know I don't really talk about MLS or 
anything. And I didn't even watch the game. But congrats to NYCFC or New York uh, C. They won the MLS Cup for 2021 by defeating Portland 4-2 in penalties. So they were tied 1-1. Portland actually, I believe, tied the game in the late in the late a uh, couple re- remaining minutes in regulation and then they of course they forced extra time didn't score going extra time so then they went to penalties <clears throat> and New York took over 4 to 2 in penalties and now they're the 2021 MLS Cup champions for this year and New York uh you know congratulations uh also let's talk about uh the albums that come out this past actually no let's let's talk about the couple things before that let's talk about the concert man let's talk about the uh the free larry hoover concert that happened on thursday night it was a big event for kanye and for drake so if you don't know kanye west hosted uh this concert in la at the coliseum at the la coliseum uh, where the rams used to play uh basically a benefit concert for to free larry hoover and a special guest, obviously, was Drake. And, of course, it's a concert. These both performed. Uh, Kanye pretty much, I mean, he brought out all the hit songs. He went to every single project and brought out the best songs out of the projects. Like, the man performed classic after classic after classic. It's been a while since I've seen Kanye perform. Obviously, these last couple of years, it's been a while since I've seen a live performance from Kanye. And it was amazing that... We get to experience that. And then Drake, of course, having to be, you know, performing later on. Um, and of course, I think this concert was amazing. I mean, I I did not watch the whole thing in entirety at once. I mean, for me, it started like at midnight. It was supposed to start at midnight, but it actually started like at 1230, almost one in the morning. So I saw like half an hour of it. I saw like the first half an hour. It was just Kanye, but I didn't get to see Drake until Friday when I saw the highlights on on, uh, on Amazon or actually they still had the they still had the concert up on Amazon I don't know if they still have it now but they were they had the whole event so I was able to watch the full thing on Friday but anyways yeah I mean Kanye did his thing I mean singing over Drake's uh, Find Your Love was one of my favorite parts of the whole concert it was great I mean he produced that track for Drake. But still him performing that song, it was crazy. And of course, you, you see Drake uh, vibing to Kanye performing his own song that he produced as well. Yeah, it was it was a really big thing. And then, of course, everyone's talking about Drake uh, in a pretty... Dis- I mean, a lot of people really haven't... Uh, some people were not happy that Drake performed most of the CLB shit that he didn't really perform a lot of classics. Uh, that is one thing that I would have to take away from this concert. I just wished Drake didn't just perform like Knife Talk and Way Too Sexy and and um, and In the Bible and shit. I didn't. I wish he kind of went a little bit beyond CLB, went to Take Care. Nothing was the same, you know. Of course, everybody would have enjoyed that a lot more, especially since we were surprised that Kanye pretty much brought out all the hits. I mean, he performed Stronger. He performed. Um, he performed uh, Runaway, he performed Come to Life, he performed he performed most of the songs, uh, some songs on Donda. He, I believe he performed Niggas in Paris, I believe. You know, he's, uh, of course, All Falls Down. Like, he performed a lot of his best songs, man. So, uh, Flashing Lights, like, he performed a, 
you know, Gold Digger, he's, he's performed all his hits, most of his hits. But Drake didn't really, you know, uh, perform those songs as much as, as Kanye. Uh, but then Drake, when he did the cover for for 24 from Donda, yeah, he sounded amazing, man. He sounded great uh, covering that. Honestly, that should have been like a part two on Donda, man, because he really, he really did his thing. I mean, it's just, it's the same lyrics, obviously. It would have just been a literally a cover, but still, man, it, it would have been crazy if it was on the actual project, but it wasn't, but it was still great. Um, the merch, uh, of course, they were wearing, you know, uh, well, Kanye was wearing like these free Larry Hoover concert uh, jeans that he's still wearing them till today. Also, yesterday, Kanye was performing at Rolling Loud in California. So Thursday he was performing and then goes to Cali. Well, I mean, in stay, I mean, obviously stays in Cali uh, in L.A. For, for Rolling Loud. He was brought out from Future, I believe, and Roddy Rich. Yeah, and he started performing. I saw a little bit of that there. But yeah, um, I mean, look, for me, this was a great concert. Uh, of course, these are two of my favorite artists of all time. I just wish Drake performed the uh, some of his older songs, you know, because that would have really been like, I think everybody would have went crazy as well. You could definitely tell that m most people were obviously there for specifically just Kanye. But then again, you know, uh, Drake did a great job. I had a fun time. This is definitely a highlight of the year. I mean, them breaking their beef and just, you know, getting together and, 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 you know, having this concert together, even if we probably won't have any future collaborations for a song or, or a project in the future, we'll have to wait and see about that. But, you know, it was still happy. It was still enjoyable for me to watch them, you know, kind of break this shit off and have fun and perform and, you know, have some, have some respect for each other. So, that was great. And uh, yeah, that's that. Now, uh, also on, uh, I believe on Thursday, the same day of the concert, earlier in the day, I saw the interview that Travis Scott had with Char Charlemagne the God. So if you don't know, Thursday, um, Charlemagne the God uploaded an interview and a conversation, an interview with Travis Scott. This is his first like interview since the whole um or his first time pretty much like out in the public eye or most people know what he's up to at the moment um, since the whole Astro World Festival incident. And he, you know, was kind of speaking briefly about the whole incident and what he saw, what, you know, uh, now he didn't really tell us so much of the whole story. So if you're looking like for real information, I'm like, well, what, what he should have done or anything. He kind of just gave us like the right answers. He didn't really give us answers that I think were, I'm not going to say genuine because I, obviously I do feel for Travis. Like I know he must feel like shitful. Like I, I know it must hurt for him to like have to talk about it. But I feel like a lot of the responses are just kind of play it safe because he's already in a bad and a really bad position. So if he says something the wrong way in this interview, it could get things worse. And I mean, legit could put him in in, in, a, in a worse position. So I guess he playing it safe in the interview, not really speaking so much of really about the incident, just kind of making sure that, hey, this is not going to happen again. And it's unfortunate, whatever. Well, not whatever, but I want to make sure that 
my fans know that I'm here to support them and no matter what, you know, all that stuff. And well, of course, it seems very, it seems very generous and it seems pretty much like a, a jester that Travis Scott is doing this and he's still helping or trying to help the families. I did hear that he was trying to pay the cost for the funerals for the people that, of course, lost their lives. But some families obviously rejected. You know, there's no surprise in that for some families. I mean, obviously, why would they want to give the option to the man that that or not the man that obviously killed his son or daughter, but the event was based on this man and they kind of just don't want to put him here in that conversation with his son or his daughter, you know? You you feel for them. And especially after days after the concert, we still had news that you know, there was two more people that passed away that were in the hospital and then eventually, you know, they they, they passed away and yeah, it's just not looking good. And obviously the the amount of lawsuits, the billions of dollars that he's getting sued, Drake even at this point getting sued, Live Nation, uh Cactus Jack in, in, in some ways, you know. So yeah, it's still a pretty shitty uh, time for Travis. I mean, now again, people are always going to have a different opinion, and and of course, you know, with, with Travis Scott, he's a very iffy figure in the moment. I think people still love him and respect him, and and still, you know, can forgive or at least like not let his uh, that that incident kind of be who he is or. Let that instant be what he's known for, or just a villain, or just this this creature that kills all his fans, or whatever people are gonna say. Again, you know, there's always gonna be people that are gonna think the opposite, um, that are gonna think that this man is, you know, Satan himself. But hopefully, you know, Travis uh, still is gonna take time to to reflect and recover. It's already been a month. And yeah, don't expect any new music or anything really that much from Travis Scott. He was headlining Coachella next year, but obviously that was cut short. He was going to perform Rolling Loud California. Obviously, that's that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so still up to no, we don't know when he's coming back, dropping music. It's only been a month. It's only been a month. So if he dropped anything now, it, it would not look, it would not be good. So yeah, utopia or dystopia, we're not getting that anytime soon. And that that just sucks, man. <sighs> that sucks. But uh hopefully he gets uh every day will pass by, it'll be a new ex a new day. Yeah, it'll just have to it'll just have to fade away at some point. Speaking of music that we're probably going to get soon enough, instead of not soon enough. We got a bunch of EPs and projects that came out this week. So Russ, yes, Russ. That remember that guy, Russ, who who claims he's the greatest rapper of all time because he does all his his musical, uh, his he does his own production, his engineering, his mastering, his mix. He thinks he's the he's he's him he's the goaded Kanye version of himself. Whatever. I heard his album Chomp Two. It came out, uh, I believe, uh, it came out Friday, right? It came out Friday or Thursday, a day early. Um, it was actually a pretty enjoyable project. The production, I mean, The Alchemist is on the production. I believe Madlib has produced a song here. Uh, DJ Premier. Like, we have a lot of the best producers in hip-hop producing on this project. And we have some great features, like 
Snoop Dogg, Jay Electronica, Joey Badass, uh, Ghostface, Conway, Mosey. I even liked the West Side's Gun, West Side Guns, um, yeah, songs. I do like the songs with the features. I'm not even gonna lie. The songs with just Russ, it's okay, but the songs with the features, I honestly really enjoy this project. Top fifty project of the year. I really don't know at the moment, but it's actually not a bad album from Russ. Who I really don't listen to that often, but I did hear his last what two albums or his last two albums before the album. I think he dropped an album last year. What was it? Shake the Snow Globe. I actually never heard that album. So it was Zoo and There's Really a Wolf. I heard those two projects. Those were not that good in my opinion. But Chomp Two, the production really kind of did it justice. And I think Russ is low key a lyricist in some way. I do think he's not that bad. He could spit. He could spit. So Russ, like this project, decent. I'll give it like a 7, 8 maybe, around there. It's not a bad album. If you got to check it out, check it out. Uh, a Boogie with the Hoodie came out with a EP. or an, Well, he came out with an album. A EP album, 7 songs, whatever. Before Artist versus Artist. So, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really fuck with this EP that much. I mean, notifications, 24 hours with Dirk were okay. And then everything else was alright. Nothing... Nothing too crazy, like maybe like a three or a four or something. Not, a, not really fucking with it that much. I mean, A Boogie really hasn't been dropping as much. Uh, last year, he dropped Artist 2.0, and I thought that was a pretty decent project. But again, this this uh, before Artist vs. Artist EP is eh, is okay. And then also with PMB Rock, I haven't heard of PMB Rock in years. Specifically since 2019, because that was his last project, Trap Star turned Pop Star. Uh, his EP to get you turn or to get you through the rain. Literally, the only song I like is probably Eyes Open with Baby and Thug, and maybe that's my bad. I guess Hi. I think I've heard that like on TikTok. I believe that's like a TikTok sample that he took or whatever. Yeah. It was okay. Another EP that wasn't really too crazy. 16 minutes, pretty short. Nothing too crazy. Rick Ross also dropped the project. Uh, Richer than I ever been. It's okay. It's okay. I do like Outlaws with uh, 21 Savage and Jasmine Sullivan. I, I also like the one with uh, Young and Ace. Can't be broke. I do fuck with that one. The one with Wale and Future World was okay. Rapper States with Benny Butcher. That's probably my favorite one at the moment. Hella Smoke with Wiz was cool. The one with Blast, uh, Made It Out Alive was cool. The worst song is probably Wiggle or Marathon. One of those two. And then the introduction song was alright too. But the project, I would say it's a little bit above decent. Maybe It's like maybe like a six. Like a six and a half around there if I had to rate it specifically. Not a bad project. Not a bad project at all. Um, next project, who else dropped the project? Oh, right. Tory Lanez dropped his 80s project. He dropped Alone at Prom. This is his second project he dropped this year. He dropped Playboy this year, which I'm going to be honest, I wasn't really fucking with it. It was maybe a couple songs I liked. But Alone at Prom, uh, I wasn't expecting too much on this project. I just kind of thought it was going to be another decent, you know, Tory Lanez album. But, yo, this is... This is actually a pretty good album. I'm not even going to lie to you, man. Uh, the Color Violet, Lady of Manek, uh, Pluto's Last Comet, Pink Dolphin Sunset, uh, 
Last Kiss of Nebula, like those six songs right there, I've I've been bumping that like the whole weekend. I heard it on Saturday and I've been bumping it Sunday and a little bit today. And I'm I'm probably gonna go I'm gonna probably bump this again after the podcast. So yeah. This album has actually been pretty pretty good. Now it's an 80s themed album. The production obviously sounds very 80s like. There's a Madonna sample in one of those songs. I don't remember the song or specifically the sample itself, but it's just, it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar, and maybe it's not even Madonna. I just probably am not culturally knowledgeable about the 80s as much as other people, so maybe I'm tripping, but whatever. But no, the, the whole album itself is actually pretty nice. Uh, now, a lot of people saying, oh, he's just trying to sound like The Weeknd. He's just trying to sound like Chris Brown, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it is a little reminiscent of The Weeknd, specifically because it has an 80s theme, and it obviously does sound like maybe some 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 comparisons to i mean not after after hours has such a more dark and and like gritty sound the weekend has more of like a his r&b is more of like dark and kind of like in a different light you know this is like the more happy 80s type of sound like all these songs here are kind of more like to turn you up a little bit like none of these songs are here to make you cry none of these songs are here to like get you you know, in tears or anything. This 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 is a pretty enjoyable project. You can dance to this at prom, even though the project is called Alone at Prom. But still, like even if you're alone, like you could still bump this shit and you feel you feel the music. You know, you, you can you can bump this shit. So, yeah, I did enjoy this project a lot. This might be in the top fifty album of the year, and I did not expect Tory Lanez to drop a pretty good album. Honestly, this is probably his best album since maybe like the chicks tape five or love me now since 2018 and he dropped daystar which is not a good album loner which was not a good album playboy was okay the new toronto three was kind of underrated i do fuck with that album but i prefer this one chicks tape five really love that mixtape um by tori very underrated in his catalog love me now was also a very enjoyable album to me um and i also came out like two days before my birthday i remember it came out the 26th right yeah but this alone at prom this is probably his best album in like three years so congrats tory you surprised me on this one shit should he continue with this 80s theme or should it be a one-time thing i don't know man but this man is versatile broken rap broken sing and broken sing from the freaking 80s insane but obviously all these albums all these eps and they're all good i mean some of them are mid some of them are pretty good and one of the best but come on do you really think that that's all the music that I heard. And do you think I was going to spend this weekend not listening to the one album that I've been waiting for the entire year? And that's obviously Juice World's Fighting Demon. So this is his second posthumous release of uh, well, of Juice World's career. Obviously, last year, this is the follow-up to Legends Never Die. I thought it was a pretty good album. Even though it's probably his worst album, still very enjoyable to me. And Fighting, Demon, Fighting Demons came out. And my first thoughts, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. And it's kind of similar to, I would say, Legends Never Die. I think maybe just a little bit worse. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just from at least the first couple of listens. Maybe only two listens from certain songs. 
I do like Wander to LA with Justin Bieber. That's definitely one of my favorites. Justin surprisingly did not ruin the song for me, so I enjoy it. Burn probably one of the probably the best song on the album, the intro song. It's such a great chorus. Um, another one of those songs where you're like, damn, like it's it's hard to listen to, man. It it, it like trust me, this this album was just kind of hard to listen to a little bit because it's just kind of you know like shit, man. We could have had more of his music like this if he just if he had a different perspective on how he would f fight against those those drugs and shit. You know, it's sad, but anyways, uh, already dead. Yeah, that was a tough listen. Uh, Rockstar in his prime, I do enjoy. Doom, I enjoy. Go hard, even though Go Hard seems like a song he did, like freestyled or what. I mean, mo uh, most of these songs are probably freestyled, but Go Hard, I'm pretty sure within the two two minutes that it is. They just did it on one take or whatever. It still goes hard. A little bit. It's still it, it, not that bad. Not Enough was alright. Feline, the one with Polo G and Trippy. It's okay, but the mixing is so weird. What's up with the mixing? That's a big thing. That's also a problem with like maybe a couple other tracks on the project. Like Some are mixed pretty good and fine. But then like Feline, that project just sounds weird. It sounds like you're... You're listening to it through like a tube or some shit. Like you're just listening through it underwater, or like through something that's basically like cutting off sound. Like it just sounds weird. It's just, it just doesn't sound pleasant. It doesn't sound like it's gonna pop into your headphones and you hear like the whole music. It just sounds weird. The mixing could have been better. The engineering obviously could have been better. Polo G did all right. Trippy Red did co did cool. Was okay. There was two interludes where Juice World was kind of speaking, and then there was also an interlude Eminem was speaking. If Eminem had a verse, maybe that would have been something that I would have liked, but okay. Uh, until the plug comes around, I only actually heard the song once, so I don't really remember that much. From My Window, pretty underrated track. Girl of My Dreams with Sugar from BTS. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of this song. I'm not a fan of this song. Feel Alone was cool, and then My Life in a Nutshell was alright. So... The whole album itself, I'm not disappointed. It's not something trash where I can easily say like Faith and 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 Bad Vibes Forever or or Skins was, which was you know their set, which was X and Posmo's second posthumous album. I do think this is for his second posthumous album and how I was kind of like nervous that this was not going to be a good album. It turned out to be a pretty decent album. Pretty decent album. Maybe this is his worst project in his discography, but still, I wouldn't even say this is a bad album. I wouldn't say this is a bad album, nor I would even say it's mid. I really, I'm definitely going back to this project. I'm uh, again, this and the Tory Lanez album, I've been bumping in all weekend. These last couple of days, I've been listening to the, these projects, these songs. Just a couple of them, like obviously "Girl in My Dreams" and maybe like uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, relocate were pretty much the only ones I wasn't a huge fan of. You wouldn't understand was okay too, but everything else is okay. Everything else is pretty good. I'm enjoying this album, and uh, I'm waiting for that documentary. But yeah, man, some pretty good releases this year, man. Uh, this week specifically, Tory Lanez, Russ, Juice World, and we got some decent projects. You know, with uh, with um, who else? Uh, who would I just say? A Boogie and PNB Rock, even though they're not that they're not that great. Still okay. And Rick Ross as well. Also, oh fuck, I forgot. Young Boy and Birdman dropped the project this this week. 
I haven't heard it, so I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll probably check it out before the year ends. But yeah, damn, we're, all, we're almost already at the half an hour mark, and we haven't even got to football content. Well, that shuts down now. Welcome to week 14 recap. So let's talk about the games. Week 14, obviously. Let's start off with Thursday night football between the Steelers and the Minnesota Vikings. The Steelers defeated, psych. The Vikings defeated the Steelers 36-28. to Yes. And so the Steelers, they take another L. They lose to the Vikings 36-28. The Steelers now 6-6-1. Six, six and one. And the Vikings are 6-7. Ben Roethlisberger, 28 for 40. 308 yards, 3 touchdowns, 1 interception. Najee Harris with a rushing touchdown. And James Washington, Najee Harris himself. And then Pat Fearmuth with each a receiving touchdown. And for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 14 for 31. 260 yards, 2 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. Dalvin Cook with 2 rushing touchdowns. And then a receiving touchdown for Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne. So, yeah, the Vikings had a pretty back-and-forth game with the Steelers. The Vikings looked pretty good in the first three quarters of the game. They looked like they were they were dominating pretty much Pittsburgh. Then in the fourth quarter, Pittsburgh were kind of stepping things up a bit, and they were trying to aim for a comeback. They, they almost got a comeback here in this game. Yeah, that didn't work. But... They were pretty close. They were almost close to tying this game, getting a touchdown and probably getting a two-point conversion completed. But uh, we got to talk about Chase Claypool, man. Chase Claypool. Yeah, I mean, uh, one reason why the Steelers haven't been as great is definitely that chemistry in that locker room or even just on the field. I think that chemistry is one of the worst chemistries we see in the, in the whole league. I mean... I just can't imagine how Chase is getting treated in the locker room. Like, does he just ignore people? Does he? I don't know, man. But basically, uh, Chase Claypool, once again, with his dumbass shenanigans, uh, once again, uh, it was late in the fourth quarter, one minute left or a little a little less than a minute left. They were in a situation. They had to get in the end zone to try to tie the game. And he picked up a first down. He picked up like what for like a like a ten yard, eleven yard catch. Thirty seconds. The clock is still running. The the you know no timeouts at the moment, and they're not gonna take one yet. And instead of obviously rushing to get back in line to make sure that the defender is still intact and that the quarterback can snap the ball, and probably well maybe not even snap the ball, but at least throw the ball on the ground to stop the time instead he kneels down pretty much and then celebrates and does like a gesture to like give the ball to the defender whatever he's celebrating not at the right time just claypool please not just not the moment to celebrate you're in a situation where you gotta try to win the try to tie the game first of all because you're not gonna win the game you gotta get the touchdown and the two-point conversion so you can get the touchdown cool can't get a two-point conversion. The Vikings still take the W. Whatever. And then Claypool just getting toyed around. And again, man. Claypool, very talented wide receiver. Has all the physical attributes. Great at catching. Great route runner. You know, he can definitely is he's he's he could definitely be one of the elite receivers in the future. But that mental part of his that mental state that he has. 
the immaturity that this man has for a 22, 23 year old is kind of crazy. He's young, man. But my God, I feel like sometimes I'm more mature than this man. My fucking God. So yeah, that's that's the thing, man. I do think that right now, this team, this Steelers team is just not going anywhere, man. I think this Steelers team is just in massive trouble. I don't think this team is really fit for the for the uh for the uh for the playoffs at the moment. I do think this team is probably fucked at this point now. They go up against the Titans next week in Pittsburgh, so that could give them a chance. But again, the Titans have also been pretty good. And then they got the Steelers facing the Chiefs and then the Browns and the Ravens. So yeah, the Steelers got a pretty tough uh schedule ahead of them. And then the Vikings, they got what? The Bears then they got the Rams, then they got the Packers, and then they got the Bears again. So I have to wait and see how that goes. But the Vikings, they defeat the Steelers 36-28. to Next game, we got the New Orleans Saints defeating the New York Jets 30-9. to The Saints are now 6-7, and and the Jets are now 3-10. and Taysom Hill, 15 for 21, 175 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a touchdown, rushing touchdown for Taysom Hill. Or for Alvin Kamara, and then two rushing touchdowns for Taysom Hill. Excuse me. No receiving touchdowns on the end for the Saints. And for the Jets, Zach Wilson, 19 for 42, 202 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Obviously, no touchdowns, no rushing touchdowns, or anything. Just three field goal, three field goals for the Jets. Yeah, the Saints they dominated against the Jets. Uh, the Jets. The Jets have no defense and they have no offense at this point. It's non-existent. The Jets, bad team. The Saints, not a great team. And they've been looking pretty messy. But the Saints are still in that playoff hunt. They could still make that postseason run. Still definitely possible. But next week they go up against the Buccaneers in Tampa. So that's going to be a pretty tough game. Then they got the Dolphins, the Panthers, then the Falcons. So yeah, but against Tampa, that's going to be a pretty tough game. That's going to be on Sunday Night Football. But I expect the Saints to to keep going, man. Even though that game against the Buccaneers, it probably looks like Tom Brady is going to take another W against New Orleans. But the Saints, they defeat the Jets 30-9. Next game, we got the Carolina Panthers losing to the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons defeat the Panthers 29-21. Matt Ryan, 19 for 28, 190 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions. A rushing touchdown for Cordero Patterson and then a receiving touchdown for Hayden Hurst. And then for the Panthers, Cam Newton, 15 for 23, 178 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. And then Phillip Walker, 6 for 12, 75 yards, a touchdown and interception. Cam Newton and Chad Hubbard had a receiving touchdown, I mean a rushing touchdown. And then Robbie Anderson had the last uh, receiving touchdown of the game. So yeah. The Falcons, they were able to take care of business against the Panthers. The Panthers are 0-11 when Cam Newton is the starting quarterback. Since two years ago, this streak started. Yeah, um, not, not looking good for the Panthers. They are probably not a playoff team. Let's just be honest with you. They're not a playoff team. They can win the next four games, and they're probably not going to make the postseason. They'll be 9-8, and eight, which I don't think that will be good enough. I think maybe 10-7 will suffice, but 9-8, and eight, 
doesn't look good for the Panthers. And the Falcons, I mean, they're still in this wild card hunt right there. You know, they're six and seven. The Panthers next week, they go up against the Bills. While the Falcons, they go up against the 49ers. That's going to be a tough game for the Falcons. So if the Niners can step up, the Falcons can step up. There could be something going on there. So we'll have to wait and see. But the Falcons take care of business. Their offense has looked okay in this, this game. And they were able to take care of Cam Newton and the Panthers. Again, the Panthers haven't been playing bad as of recently. So, yeah, Panthers, I do not expect them making the postseason. In my opinion, they're not making the postseason. So, for that. So, yeah, the Falcons, they defeat the Panthers 29-21. to Next game, we got the Seattle Seahawks versus the Houston Texans. The Seahawks defeated the Texans 33-13. to Russell Wilson, 17 for 28, 260 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, two receiving touchdowns, uh, one for Tyler Lockett and one for Gerald Heverett, and then two rushing touchdowns for Rashad Penny. And then for the Texans, Davis Mills, 33 for 49, 331 yards, a touchdown, and that lonely touchdown was a receiving touchdown to Breven, or Brevin Jordan. So the Seahawks took care of business against one of the shittiest teams in the league, the Houston Texans. Yeah, I mean, it's the Seahawks against a bad team. So I expect the Seahawks to win. Now, the Seahawks has also been pretty bad this year, so not to expect so much from them this year as well. Then they're probably not even going to make the postseason once again. Uh, this is going to be the first time they won't make the postseason since, like, what, 2012, 2013? It's, uh, it's been a long time coming for this Seahawks team to rebuild, and it looks like this year or next season, it's going to probably have to look like that. Yeah, man, they're they're definitely going to have to make some trades going on because Russell Wilson, I don't know if he's going to be staying in Seattle for long. But they did take the W against the Texans. They're 5-8. and eight. Not good enough at the moment, but still. The Seahawks, they go up against the Rams next week. So, yep, that's going to be a, a tough game for Seattle. And then L.A. should probably take that one easily. And the Texans, 2-11. and 11, They're bad. So, don't expect too much from them. And next week, they go up against the Jaguars. So, who? Two shitty teams going up against each other next week. The Titans and the Jaguars. So, we'll have to wait and see how that game pans out. So, yeah, the Seahawks, they defeat the Texans 33-13. Next game, we got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, oh my God, humiliated, dominated Physically abused. The Raiders 48 to 9. My God. Derek Carr 33. I was about to say Derek Henry. Derek Carr 33 for 45, 263 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Hunter Hunter. The fuck was that? Hunter Renfro, one receiving touchdown. That's it for the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. 20 for 24, 258 yards, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then a rushing touchdown for Derek Gore, and a receiving touchdown for Josh Gordon. <laughs> Josh Marijuana Gordon. That motherfucker. Flash Gordon. And Daryl Williams, they both had a receiving touchdown. So, the Raiders got absolutely buff-fucked against the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense... Amazing. The Chiefs offense, amazing. This is a Super Bowl contending 
team, the Chiefs, right here. They had a horrible start to the season. But it don't matter. It don't matter. They're still 94. They're still the third seed in the AFC. They're still on top of the division. It don't matter. Shit. We can go 13 and uh well, they can't go 13 because they they can only go, I think, two more, two more games. How many games do they got? They have four more games. Next week they go up against the Chargers, or this Thursday they go up against the Chargers in LA. So that's gonna be a pretty big game for both teams. Because they basically imply for the division. If the Chiefs win, they stay on top. The Chargers could go to first and the Chiefs can go second, depending on the turnaround. And so, yeah, the Chiefs, they looked amazing against the Raiders. They had an A-plus performance. The Raiders played bad, horribly. And uh, kind of like karma, because before the game started, they had a huddle in the middle of the field on top of the Chiefs logo, which obviously some sort of disrespect, and uh, proceeds to get an ass-whooping, losing by 39 points wow okay so yeah there's yeah you can't just get your ass whooped that badly after doing that you just got disrespected and karma was handled y'all pretty rough now the raiders are six and seven they they're losing multiple games at the moment i don't know what they're going to be doing to save their season they still got four games left but they're going a bit they're going up against teams that are also fighting for playoff spots the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, and the Raiders. So, yeah, they're going to play on Saturday football um, on the 18th against the Browns. So, we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. But the Raiders are not looking that great right now. So, God bless them. <laughs> God bless the Raiders. But the Chiefs, they win 48-9. Next game, we got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. The Browns were able to take the W against the Ravens, 24-22. to 22. Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 4-for-4 four for, four for 17 yards. Unfortunately, in the first quarter, he had an injury, an ankle injury, so he's out for the game. Hopefully, he can come back next game. Tyler Hundley had to take over. He had 27 for 38, 270 yards, a touchdown. And that only touchdown was Mark Andrews. And there was, also, there was a rushing touchdown for Latavius Murray. Can't forget about that. And, for, and then for the Browns, Baker Mayfield, 22 for 32, 190 yards, two touchdowns and interception, and then two receiving touchdowns, one for Austin Hooper and Jarvis Landry. So the Browns, they were able to defeat the Ravens. Of course, the Ravens didn't have Lamar for the majority of the game. Tyler Huntley was almost clutch pretty much at the almost at the end of the game. They were getting back in track, uh, some good possessions. But uh, they were not able to get that uh, that win against the Browns. They just looked okay. The Browns did look okay. The defenses looked better and improved. They're now seven and six, so that's a big, big improvement for the Browns. A big W for them. And the Ravens are now eight and five, so they're still on top of the division, I believe. But things need to hold ground because now the Bengals are also seven and six, tied with the Browns. So. Things can go really downhill with the Ravens if they lose next week because they're not going to have an easy game. They're going up against the Green Bay Packers. But they're going to be playing in Baltimore, so maybe that should give them some uh, some hope. That will be on Sunday. So, yeah, and then the Browns, 7-6, they'll be taking on the Raiders on Saturday. So we'll see. We'll see if the Browns could take a W on that. I honestly have Cleveland winning that one, so... 
should be a big deal. But the Browns, they were able to take care of business and they defeat the Ravens 24-22. to Next game, we got the Dallas Cowboys defeating the Washington football team 27-20. to Dak Prescott, 22 for 39, 211 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, Amari, Amari Cooper had a receiving touchdown. For Washington, football team Taylor Heineke, 11 for 25, 122 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And Kyle Allen had 4 for 9, 53 yards, 0 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. A receiving touchdown for Cam Sims and a rushing TD for Jonathan Williams. So the Cowboys were literally dominating Washington for the first half. Dominating. That defense looked incredible. Micah Parsons, what a game. What a game Micah Parsons had. This man was incredible yesterday. He is definitely right now in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Defensive rookie player of the year, to be exact. Oh, wait. Did I just say he's... Up there, like he's 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 a contender for it. No, he's winning it. He is he is winning defensive rookie of the year. With without a doubt. Like that that like that's a rep. And I've been said that this this entire season. Before the season started, I made my prediction who was defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons. And and it's and it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So yeah, just 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 a beast. So yeah, that defense was incredible. Break props for Washington to even score 20 points pretty much, but that was in the second half. Taylor Haneke was kind of stepping things up in the late in the fourth quarter, but Kyle Allen came in. Yeah, didn't really do anything, but Dallas kind of had this game almost blown. Uh, if it really wasn't that defense, it was that offense that was kind of picking things up back towards the end, but yeah. Cowboys, they were able to still take the W. So the Cowboys, they're 27-20 and 20, uh, W. They're 9-4. They go up against the Giants next week. So that should, pretty, that should be a pretty easy game for them. And then Washington, they're 6-7. and seven. They're still in that playoff hunt. They go up against Philly, the Eagles, in Philadelphia next week. So Philly, hopefully y'all take business and take care of this W because we need to win. We need to win these games right now. So please, get the job done. So, yeah, the Cowboys, they defeat the Washington football team 27-20. Next game, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Tennessee Titans. And the Titans defeated the Jaguars a lonely 20-0. Trevor Lawrence, wow. Oh, my God. 20 for, 24 for 40, 221 yards, zero touchdowns. Wow. Four interceptions. Jesus Christ. Titans, Ryan Tannehill, 20 for 39. For twenty or twenty for thirty-one, excuse me, ninety, one hundred ninety-one yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a rushing touchdown for Ryan Tannehill and for Devonta Foreman. Now is it for the Tennessee Titans? Only two rushing touchdowns for the Titans and then two field goals for them. So yeah, the, the Titans did not dominate the uh, the Jaguars offensively. They didn't score way too many points up on them, but that defense definitely did his job. They shut them out. But then again, that offense, my God, the Jaguars, <sighs> horrible. Trevor Lawrence, four picks. This is, I think, his second game this season with, like, four picks. Yeah, man. Uh, 
you know, he's a rookie, but oh, man, he's just not looking, not looking good this year, man. And I know it's Jacksonville, man. He's been pretty much set up to play for this team for a little while, but oh man, Jacksonville, man, it's really nothing else to say, man. They're bad. They're just a bad team. 2-11 Jacksonville Jaguars, they go up against another shitty team in the Houston Texans, this time in Jacksonville. So, hey, maybe they could get a W against Texans. It's very possible. They're they're equal. They're almost as bad, pretty much. And then the Titans are 9-4. They're one of the best teams in the AFC. They go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh on the 19th. So, that should be an interesting game. So, Tennessee, if they want to keep getting in that division lead... Because y'all right now are in the top spot for the division, the AFC South. Keep going. Keep winning. Especially against the Steelers, who haven't been looking that great this year. So, that's that. So, the Titans, they defeat the Jaguars 20-0. to Next game, we got the Denver Broncos taking on the Detroit Lions. And the Lions, they, of course, lost this game, unfortunately. They lost to the Broncos 38-10. to Jared Goff, 24-39. for 215 yards. A touchdown and interception. A receiving touchdown for Khalif Raymond. And then for the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, 18 for 25, 179 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. A rushing touchdown for Melvin Gordon and a rushing touchdown for Javonta Smith. Javonta Williams, excuse me. And then a receiving touchdown for Albert Ukwebumnam. Wow. Interesting last name. Has to be African-American. Uh, and Javante Williams, a receiving touchdown as well. So yeah, the Broncos dominated against the Cleveland, against the Cleveland Browns, against the Detroit Lions, thirty-eight to ten. The Lions, Super Bowl contenders, for that one game against the Vikings, and their miracles over. They're not making the postseason. Sad. They're one eleven and one amazing record they've had an incredible year the lions have had this year it's it's amazing um and the broncos seven and six they looked great i mean it's the lions so come on don't be the vikings and actually lose to them but they didn't do that so they dominated defense looked great the offense was great broncos are now seven and six next week they go up against the Bengals. That is going to be a pretty big game for both teams because, honestly, whoever loses that game could probably be done for the playoffs. I think they might be, like, really, like, in a bad position to make the postseason. If not, maybe get eliminated at that point. I think, actually, it may really, it may be really for the Broncos because the Bengals, what, they're 7-6? and six? So they can go seven and seven and still win the next three games. But the Bengals, who do they have the next three games? Let me just check real quick. They got the Ravens, then the Chiefs, then they got the Browns. Oh, so it doesn't get any easier for the Bengals after that Broncos game. So they definitely got to win those games if they want to get something going. But yeah. And so yeah, the Broncos, they defeat the Lions 38 to 10. Next game, we got the New York Giants. Defeating psych the Chargers defeating the Giants 37 to 21. Chargers defeating the Giants 37 to 21. The Chargers now 8 and 5, while the Giants are now 4 and 9. The Giants, Mike Glendale, 17 for 36, 191 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and then a rushing touchdown for Mike Glennon and a rushing touch, a receiving touchdown for Elijah Penny and Saquon Barkley. 
And then for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, 23 for 31, 275 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, uh, or actually zero interceptions, my bad, and a rushing touchdown for Austin Heckler, and a receiving touchdown for Jared Cook, Josh Palmer, and Jalen Guyton. Yeah, the Chargers came up stepping offensively against the Giants, pretty much dominating them. Giants look pretty bad this year. Once again, there are the Giants. They're pretty bad every year. 4-9, the Giants, they take on the Cowboys next week in New York. So the Cowboys should probably win that one. And the Chargers now 8-5 this year. They go up against Kansas City this Thursday for a very, very important game. This could probably be the season on the line for the Chargers. So, yeah. Or at least playoff hopes are indicated here. So, yeah, the Chargers definitely got to get a good chance at winning against Kansas City on Thursday. So, yeah, the Chargers, they defeat the Giants 37-31. to Next game, we got the San Francisco 49ers defeating the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime. This game went back and forth. They're both now 7-6. and both teams, the Niners and the Bengals. Jimmy Garoppolo, 27 for 41, 296 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, one rushing touchdown for Debo Samuel, and then a receiving touchdown for George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. And for the Bengals, Joe Burrow, 25 for 34, 340, uh, 348 yards, two touchdowns. Um, those two touchdowns were two receiving touchdowns. To Jav, uh, Javar, um, Jamar Chase, excuse me, I couldn't even say his fucking name. Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, the Bengals looked great in this game, but the 49ers, they came back late. Uh, they played great in the first half. Then the Bengals in the fourth quarter tied this game up, and they were pretty much in this game to win it. But then the Bengals, they scored a field goal in overtime. But then the 49ers were like, no, let's go for the win, not the tie. And they scored a touchdown to end the game. And, of course, the 49ers, they took the W against the Bengals, 26-23. So both teams are now 7-6. The 49ers, they go up against the Falcons next week in San Francisco. So a huge potential win for the Niners next week. And for the Bengals, like we just said, they go up against the Broncos in Denver. So that should be a very, very important game for both teams. So, yeah, the 49ers, they defeat the Bengals, 26-23. And then second-to-last game to recap for today the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, they defeat the Bills 33-27 to in overtime. Another overtime game. Josh Allen, 36 for 54, 308 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Josh Allen also had a rushing touchdown. And uh, Gabriel Davis and Dawson Knox also had a receiving touchdown themselves. The Buccaneers, Tom Brady, 31 for 46, 363 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a rushing touchdown for Tom Brady, believe it or not, and Leonard Fournette, and as well as a receiving touchdown for Brashad Pierman and Mike Evans. So the Buccaneers offense was looking really good. They looked pretty impressive in the first uh, half, and in the third quarter, they were looking good all defensively, but then they allowed Buffalo to get back in the game and pretty much tie the game uh, forced overtime with a 27-27 tie to end regulation. But then, of course, the Broncos, the Broncos, the Bills couldn't get anything done in overtime in that drive. But then eventually, for the 700 career touchdown for Tom Brady, it was a running touchdown to end the game to Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, so it was a great, great, great 
uh, game winner for yesterday's uh, or actually no, that wasn't a Leonard Fournette. It was actually a Brashad Pierman who, of course, scored, who caught the 700 touchdown pass for Tom Brady, and it ended up being the walk-off game winner for the Buccaneers. So they ended up taking the W against the Bills. So yeah, the Buccaneers are now 10 and 6 and the Bills are 7 and 6. So they've been looking pretty weird and just uninspired as of late. They just haven't looked that good, man. It it just sucks that the Bills have been pretty bad these last couple games. They're 7 and 6, the Bills, they go up against the Panthers next week. They got to get these games going. They got to be Carolina. I mean, come on, the Bills. They got to do better than that. And the Buccaneers, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL, no surprise by that. Super Bowl contenders. And next week, they go up against the Saints in Tampa. Should be a revenge after losing in Halloween to the Saints 36-27. So the Buccaneers should definitely get that one. And so the Buccaneers, they defeat the Bills 33-27 in overtime. And then finally, to end things off for this today's episode, Sunday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers defeating the Chicago Bears isn't that always a headline? 45 to 30. The Packers now 10 and 3, and the Bears are now 4 and 9. Justin Fields, 18 for 33, 224 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, two receiving touchdowns, one for Jakeem and for Damian uh, Bride. And then for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, 29 for 37, 341 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, a rushing touchdown for Aaron Jones. And then a receiving touchdown, two receiving touchdowns for Devontae Adams and one for Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard. So, yeah, obviously the Packers, they dominated against the Bears offensively was great. But in the first half, it looked like the Bears were looking like the better team. The Bears were playing pretty good in that first half. Then the Packers pretty much took over the second half. And, yeah, the, the Bears just couldn't hold back since. They were able to get something going in the first half that fell quickly through. So yeah, after that, it was a mess for for the uh, for the Bears to end the game. But they lost thirty to forty five to the Packers. Packers now ten and three. They go up against the Baltimore Ravens next week on in a in a in Baltimore. So that should be a pretty good game next week. And for the Bears, they're four and nine. They go up against the Vikings in Chicago. For Monday Night Football next Monday night. So, yeah, one of the last Monday Night Football games of the season will be in Chicago at Soldier Field. So, but the Vikings definitely should win that game, in my opinion. So, yeah. And then finally, lately, we have Monday Night Football tonight between the Rams and the Cardinals. I have the Cardinals winning this game. Even though the Rams, they definitely have a chance to upset. I would not be surprised if the Rams upset uh, the Cardinals tonight. Uh, but I'm just going to give it to Arizona. They've been looking fantastic this year. So, And so, yeah, that is uh, week 14. Week 14 recap. Wednesday, come back so I can talk about my week 15 predictions. Hopefully, guys, you enjoyed today's episode. Um, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday for my week 15 predictions. I also have to do on Friday a new another episode for college football. All the bowl games and bowl season will be starting, I believe, this Friday. So I'll be making my picks, all that good shit on Friday, and also be doing something else. And also the Rotted Rich album comes out this Friday, so I'll talk about that one as well because I'll be listening to it that Friday morning. I'm not going to waste any fucking time. But anyways, 
Thank you guys for listening to this episode. See you guys in a bit. Take care and peace out, my friends.